You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio here on America's Web Radio. We're a little late this morning due to technical difficulties, but we are here. And we are also here with you every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Now, I know that that sounds really early for us on the West Coast, but here's the good news. All of the programs are archived, so you can listen to the ones you missed, or you can re-listen to the ones you loved. I want to begin today's program with a quote from Amit Ray, who wrote, Walking the Path of Compassion. He said, Some fish love to swim upstream. Some of them love to overcome challenges. This thought had a profound effect on me after thinking about it for a while. In two simple sentences, it encompasses what this radio program is all about. How to stop fighting the same war over and over, and how to overcome all kinds of challenges, especially in your relationships. And as we think of it, there are so many challenges we face today, and some of them, as I said, come through relationships, others through mental health issues, parenting and sleep problems, and physical challenges. Each of these two sentences, evokes reflection. Let's explore the first part. Some fish love to swim upstream. I understood the writer's intent as wanting to note that some of us keep dealing with the same issue over and over with no resolution. Some of my patients keep having the same repeated conversation with a significant others in hopes that he or she will change. And this is, honestly, this comes into my office all the time, these kinds of challenges. So in spite of the same lack of effort or enthusiasm that's demonstrated by their partner, the lecturing continues about why change is necessary. And these folks are swimming upstream. There's no resolution. There's no solution. On the other hand, solution-focused folks look for ways to negotiate and compromise. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge. Float around in a more serene life. Which would you prefer to do? Our guest today has met with so many challenges in his life, and I have read his bio well enough to know that it seems he's had to overcome most of them, and he has overcome most of them. And I'm hoping I'm going to pronounce your last name correctly, Mr. Unterfranz. Did I say that yes. correctly? Good. You got it. You got it's, it. It's a pleasure to have you with us as our guest this Thanks morning. Thanks very much. Uh, and thank you for being patient with all those technical challenges at the beginning of the program. We are coming to you, and you are coming to – actually, you are coming to us all the way from New Mexico, and I want to thank you for your time and for sharing your story with us. Tell us about yourself. Thanks. Um, so my name is Toby Unterfranz, and uh, – I'm a mental health professional, um, recently became a, a clinical counselor, clinical psychologist, um, just turned 38 years old, 
And um, as you said, I've had to overcome some challenges, um, which actually brought me to what I'm doing now. So um, since about the age of four years old, I've uh, dealt with a vision impairment, and that was due to um, something called hydrocephalus and the... uh, the effects of that and kind of the after effects of that. And um, so that's kind of as as far back as I can remember. Um, I don't really remember having good vision, which I think almost kind of helps me because it's like I don't know what I'm missing. Um, mm-hmm. Later on in life, however, um, I suffered a TBI, which very a traumatic brain injury. Uh, actually due to uh, medical malpractice, which I really don't want to get into today. But um, that really affected me. So I was 24, and that I did know what I was missing. The dominant side of my body, I was, you know, it's very strange for me to say I was left-handed. I still am at heart, but since it affected my physical... um, Abilities so much, I kind of, I say I write really bad with both hands now. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that really affected me, and I was really depressed at the time. I was 24, should have been having the time of my life, and uh, finally was helped by um, a great psychologist, and I had always been interested in psychology, so for some reason... After the brain injury, I decided to go back and get my master's and work uh, very hard. Uh, After getting the master's in 2010, um, have now seen over 4,000 clients and I'm able to work on my own without supervision very, uh, very recently, which was a big accomplishment for me. But it was having that good experience with a mental health provider and helping me get out of that very dark place I was in. Um, There was just so much going on at the time. uh, But I I say I almost healed through learning mental health because I was learning these different techniques and theories and they kind of helped me work through everything. So that's kind of been my journey so far. Yeah, wow, thank you for sharing this with us. Now, Toby, we're going to have to take a break for an advertisement, even though we were like seven minutes late coming on. So, listeners, we will be right back with Toby Unterfranz and his really interesting story that gets way interesting as we move on. We'll be back in a few minutes. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? 
We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m., on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio, we are so fortunate to be here with Mr. Toby Unterfrance, and he just finished telling his very inspiring story about himself. Now, Toby, before we move on, as our listeners know, I'm all about fur families, and I have a personal question for you. Who is Ziggy? (laughs) Ziggy is just the best service animal and um, soon to be a therapy dog for me Um, I got him in 2012 and he just turned 10 years old a few weeks ago Um, and he's getting getting ready to retire Um, he was my um, guide dog and he's going to be kind of transitioning uh, into working with me as a therapy dog and he is just the the coolest um big yellow lab you'll ever meet he's he's very uh he taught me his his name is ziggy which i think is very what's what's interesting about that very quickly uh i got him from an organization who names them because they train them and i got him when he was about two years old and I learned that they uh, name them by their litter. And when I say that, so each puppy raiser gets a letter assigned to them, and so they have to name the dog with that letter, all the dogs of that litter. I actually, if I would have named him myself, I would have named him Ziggy. And I had the (laughs) thought of, well, they probably maybe don't even use the letter Z. I'll never get a Ziggy. You know, that would never happen. And I almost fell over when I learned the name of my dog because that was what I would have named him. And then it is so fitting. So that was uh, I know that as uh, either Ziggy Stardust or uh, Bob Marley's son Ziggy, and yeah. both just seem very uh, apt. He's very calm, a very centered being. He taught me a lot. Like. Oh. He made me be a lot more mindful in my life, honestly. Well, 
I was telling you before we came on the air that in one of my groups, we have a therapy dog named Tucker. I call him Dr. Yeah. Tucker. And honestly, <laughs> therapy, he's a standard poodle. Um, therapy dogs are so amazing. But I, I want to move yeah. on. You yeah. had multiple medical challenges along the way. And share with us how you decided to face these challenges head on. Well, um, I just, it was just, I just had to. Um, and mm-hmm. so, like, going back to school and, and all of that, it was it was just something I felt I had to, like, throw myself into something new and almost scary and just kind of figure it out. Um, that's always been my mentality, I guess, is just kind of dive into the deep end and, and figure it out as you go along. And um, I'll tell you, I mean, that first, that first time I was sitting in a master's level class, and this was um, a little over a year after getting out of the hospital and everything with the brain injury. And I, I thought, what am I doing here? And then it was the master's level class of, of psychology, and it was kind of an introductory class. And I remember somebody asked a question that I like thought of, I, oh, I never would have asked that, but that's a good question. And we ended up talking about it for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think like, I'm not the only nerd here. Like if I ask a <laughs> question like that, we're going to talk about it for 20 minutes and it's going to be cool. Like this is, this really is cool because they were all like psychology nerds. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. am too. So it was, <laughs> it was great. And uh, it, it uh-huh. I, it, like, literally made my brain feel good. I remember it. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be okay. Ah, Well, many of us have medical challenges, and some of them are a result by treatment, but it sounds like you have had to incorporate yours as part of your life. And you said that you are solution-focused. What yes. do you exactly mean by this? Well, uh, so I like to focus on... Uh, a lot of people like to focus on problems, and I do too at first, but then I, I, somebody once told me too that for every problem there's five solutions, and it just takes finding the right one and then finding the steps towards it, and I think that's one of my, my talents right now is, is finding what you want to look uh, what you want to work towards, and then the, the little steps. The, and it's kind of it's kind of you know what what we call treatment planning and stuff like that, the little steps and little measurable steps that you can take towards goals, and that's that's what I consider solutions focused to then find solutions for each one of those issues or barriers, whatever's whatever's there, and and then break it down into to maybe more small manageable steps for the client. Many of my patients, I work in a medical model for their patients, many of my patients come and they want to vent about the problem. And they have a lot of challenges turning themselves around to, gosh, what are the possible solutions? So how can we advise our listeners how one focuses on the solutions instead of hanging out in the problem? How do you do this? Um, The easiest way I can describe it is just by kind of 
taking a step back from it and I guess then identifying what are the barriers, what is stopping you, and then think about how you can how you can fix that. And maybe, too, you know, if you do identify that, ask other people, because that's kind of what it is, too, is just sometimes a dialogue of talking about it with the client. Um, so if you talk about it with other people and say, I'm having an issue, you know, um, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but, you know, I'm having an issue with with something and a relationship. what can I do about it? Right, a yeah. relationship. Um, so, like I said, just kind of, you know, getting that laser focus on <clears throat> what what are the barriers, what are the issues standing in my way. Yeah, Interesting. Now, you are now a licensed professional clinical counselor. You went back to school. Yes. You got your master's degree. So explain mm-hmm. to our listeners what a licensed professional clinical counselor is. Well, um, it's what I like about it. Um, for me, anyway, this is just personal to me. I wanted to be a doctor without the doctorate, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what I get to do. Um I don't really believe in, uh, well, I don't believe that medication is the only answer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can, can benefit from, you know, holistic treatment. And, yeah, um, it's, skills, not, it's skills, not pills. Right, you know, and yeah. that, so that was, that was, at the outset, that was my goal, was to be able to diagnose clients, um, and be able to, to work on my own without supervision and things like that and, and have all the um, uh, power kind of, of um, being a psychologist, really. And that's, you know, um, my, job, my job title is clinical psychologist. So um, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, having that but not – and having the – the client know too almost it's kind of a nice thing like I can't prescribe you medicine so that's not what's going to happen here you know I really believe in in talk therapy and uh, and and like we we're talking about solutions focused um, very very person centered you know towards just uh, meeting the client where they are is what I like to say yeah now um, you explained how what your degree or what your license is different than a psychologist or a social worker. So I want to know, right. because in my experience, some therapists take the lead in their patients or their clients' therapy. And you said that you don't force your clients to confront any topic that they're not ready to address. And would you talk right. to us about how you developed this philosophy? And I just want to say, in a minute and a half, we're coming up on a hard break. So okay. short, in a short way. <laughs> sure, sure. And this one's easy. Yeah, it was actually just what I just said. I meet the client where they are. And um, someone very wise told me, and I'll never forget, don't work harder than your client. And if your, your client isn't ready to, to uh, confront something, then don't make them. And that's always been my philosophy. Um, if anything, I can build you up to eventually confront it, but you don't have to do it right then you know that that's my goal is to get you ready to do it 
and not force it. Yeah, and is there ever resistance that you have to help the client overcome? Um, I well, I don't. I I just never push it. I when you're okay. when you're ready, you're ready. You know. Um, right. I love I love that answer. <laughs> we um, we are going to have to take a break, and listeners, great. we will be back with Mr. Toby Utufranz, who is just such a joy to. Uh, interview. We'll be back in a few minutes. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. listeners to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are here with Mr. Toby Utrefranz having a very interesting conversation. And Toby, you say that you incorporate neuroscience into your practice. I love the topic of neuroscience. Explain to us what neuroscience is and how your knowledge of it assists you in helping your clients. Well, it helps me um, just kind of in the general... um, story and belief or um, the belief that it exists I guess helped me and so I, I try to tell people that and, and show people that because I learned this concept very early on just basically that uh, it's kind of the, the belief uh, they, it was like they scientifically proved that an old dog can learn new tricks that you're mm-hmm. always that you're always learning and it doesn't matter. It helped me uh, kind of push my parents to, to learn new things as we went along as well. And um, it helped me kind of through my brain injury, you know, thinking about that and thinking about that that was possible, that that, that wasn't like the end of the world. And um, and so I just, I, you know, uh, 
it's an interesting point because one of the main things I do with my practice is I is I'm a psychoeducator, and I, I just I, I just tell people about these things and just just the fact that they exist and just knowing about them I think sometimes helps and and in the information age my clients love then to do some personal research on this stuff they Google neuroscience and start reading about it you know. Um, and so I, I do, I really I do love, know. Love yeah, that, I love it know? too. I've been telling my groups lately about what I call the uh, amygdala hijack, and they love mm-hmm. this information. So, and I don't think a whole lot of um, folks in our occupation really know much about neuroscience, and so to just be yeah. able to integrate what goes on in the brain is right. so it's helpful. Brand new. So it's brand new. And if and I know that you just said that you don't really believe in medication, but how did you come right. to that belief? Well, I had my personal experience with it, um, but I think I think just uh, my my basic thought with psychology and stuff like that 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 was always been that talking helps and that talking. Can help you get through things, and I guess it's just it, it. It might be kind of selfish in my personal belief, and my based on my personal experience. But for me personally, medication didn't help very much at all. And I know you have to stay on it, and that's part of it too. Is it takes a really long time sometimes to kick in, and then you really you have to commit to it. And it's like you have to commit to it, and if that's what helps, then you have to be fully committed to it. And, and and that's part of it too. Is I think it it takes that if it is going to work. I think if it really does work for for you, then you have to you know be on it and stay on it. And I just never really believed in it. I just and I uh, with the with the alternative being there of of talking about problems and trying to work through them and stuff and and having that actually work for me, I guess was the main thing. Well, I really do believe in skills, not pills, and I will share with yeah. you, I'm sure you already know about this and our listeners, about um, the research that shows that antidepressants by themselves are not as good as exercise by itself, mm-hmm. and antidepressants and exercise together are not as good as exercise is for depression. So I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not telling anybody to get off their medications at all. I'm oh, sure. medical advice. But I just thought that was so interesting. So when I have patients who are depressed come to see me, uh, I yeah. say, are you exercising? And most of the responses are no. I'm too right. depressed. So then we go right. for walking them up and down the stairs twice a day. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> so that's I'm, yeah, I'm on the same page. So. So the genuine communication is one of the foundation pieces of the therapy that you provide. What do you mean by genuine communication? Tell us about it. Um, well, I think it's almost what, like what we're doing here, just, just talking and creating a dialogue. Um, part of it is a little bit of like narrative therapy, you know, so tell me your story. And I like that, but then I like um, creating some kind of a dialogue about it and 
uh, again, kind of steering towards, well, what are the problems and what are the barriers and things like that. And, and uh, like I said, really creating a conversation about it and um, because sometimes I come up with ideas or, or something that's it's not exactly like, you know, like what we would call a, a, an intervention that fits into any kind of box or something. It's just something that comes up as, as a conversation. I'll say something, and it creates a whole other, um, you know, conversation and dialogue that, that can help, that can kind of help uh, unknot, a, a, you know, something, untangle something. So you kind of specialize in reframing the problem for folks? Yeah, you know, that would be that would be an example of it, yes. Yeah, I like to do that because sometimes the reframe of the my patients say, oh, I never thought of it that way. Right. And it puts them on a whole different path. So what type of clients come to you for help? Well, um, a lot of people dealing with trauma and depression, um, those are the ones I deal with um, the best, and, uh, and anxiety as well. I think uh, anxiety clients I like to work with um, because I think those are the ones I can help inspire the most um, because um, I think kind of looking at what I've been through and seeing that I handled it and stuff like that not that it minimizes what they're going through but it just kind of helps sometimes to create that that dialogue about it and say you know um, to share my story and what I went through and how I dealt with it and then relating it to their issues and try to try to attack it the same way. I think that would be so inspiring, Toby, for folks. Thank you. To, to hear your story and how you've really kind of integrated it, as I said earlier, with your life and overcome it and created a wonderful, interesting life for yourself. Thank you. Yeah, you're so, well, it's just true for me. I just um, so admire folks with um, a challenge that they live with and that they overcome and integrate and maybe even view their challenges of blessing in some way. And as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about how you probably listen better than most folks. <laughs> I, I like to think that I do, yeah, I do. Yeah, because you don't have that um, so much visual stimulus coming in. You can really focus on what somebody's saying to you. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when people say that, people say, oh, you know, um, you, you're missing one sense, so your, your other ones are heightened. I don't really believe that. I just believe that. Look, for me, like, since I was four years old, I just kind of discount my visual. Like, I don't, I, I, I pay attention to it. There's very specific things that I can see. My specific disability is I have no peripheral vision. So I have, like, tunnel vision, literally. And um, so I just see what's in front of me. And um, it's just, uh, I don't know, that's helped me, you know, helped me just to deal with that. Yeah, I believe you. Now, I'm going to change this topic a little bit because you're involved sure. in remote or what we call distance therapy. 
tell mm-hmm. our listeners about what that is and what attracted you to it because that is kind of a new idea. Sure. So distance therapy is doing therapy through either video or audio um, or even uh, text. So you're not remote, meaning that you're not in the same room with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, this is very cutting edge. It, it started in about 2012. The, um, you know, um, remote medical uh, community or whatever that's been around for a while, but but telemental health in in particular, which is what we're talking about here, um, has been around since about 2012. So it would be, uh, you know, therapy with someone, like I say, on video or just over the phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I looked into that and was told mm-hmm. that uh, certain states don't. Res- do that. They don't allow it. You have to have a credential in that state. Right. right. Does distance therapy overcome that objection? Well, unfortunately, what's going on right now is, um, so as a master's level uh, individual counselor, you're able to do it, but you're with some licensing issues that are going on right now in the United States. Um, Get this. So, the way I put it is, I live in New Mexico, and I can meet with some, or I cannot meet with someone in Oklahoma, but I could meet with someone in Okasawa, which uh, means that I can't work with someone in another state, but I can work with someone in another country. So, I, you know, that's that. just something that's that's very strange about what's going on right now. And um, to be honest, I'm, I'm trying to become very active to make it so that everyone, you know, because the thing is, these credentials, they're all the same for each state. They're just quibbling about very small things, saying that ours is different than yours and things like that right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can just imagine, Toby, how helpful um, teletherapy would be for folks in um, living situations where they can't get out, they, yes. they're they immobilized in some way, or they're hospitalized, mm-hmm. and maybe talking to someone about what's going on with them could be so helpful. Not, not so. only that, but, I'm sorry, but someone who just is not quite motivated to, to get up and, and go somewhere, which, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're depressed, that's like what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I can't think that it wouldn't be helpful other than uh, on the telephone you cannot see people's responses to you. But right. by the way, you probably, I don't know if you can or not, but um, in having people in my office where I work, yeah. I find it helpful and I could see that happening over a Skype interaction. Mm-hmm. But I don't know so much about the telephone. So, uh, yeah. And that leads up to my next question before our break. Sure. Is there evidence that online therapy is helpful? Is there any researched evidence? You know, um, I've been looking into that, and I can't quite find, you know, I couldn't at least in the last week or so find any, like, real studies done on it. Um, so, and I, I am, of course, biased. But I, 
I really, as you're talking about, I really think it's, I mean, because it's so new, I really think it's kind of the wave of the future for certain things. Um, I mean, if you are traumatized and you have a, a bit of agoraphobia, but you still want help, I mean, this would be something that helps, you know. Um, and, yeah. and the video especially, I do know what you're saying with the, with the audio. That can be tricky. But mm -hmm. especially the video... Um, I think it's great, and it's very, I mean, it's very cool to be uh, working with so many, many people around the world. Um, yeah, I bet. No. So, um, we have to take a, we have to take a break, Toby, yeah. and uh, we're going to come back, listeners, with Mr. Toby Uterfranz, and this is such an interesting, new, cutting-edge topic, and we will be back yeah. in a few minutes. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We're talking about relationships in a therapeutic way and how to get our problems solved so that we can have better relationships in a capsule way. So we're back here with Mr. Toby Underfrost. And, um, Toby, we were just talking about distance therapy and mm -hmm. how... Some of us, or most of us, are limited from state to state, but not from country to country. Right. And I'm so. Are you saying that masters level folks can do distance therapy more easily than those with other uh, licenses? Well, it's it's honestly really confusing right now. Um, 
I, just before this show, I was telling you about this psych pact that, that mm-hmm. just started, uh, and I honestly just don't know very much about it because it, it doesn't affect me. Um, I didn't read that much about it, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I've heard that it just started, and it, it means that it's a step in the right direction. And the other thing about it is that um, there are some steps being made right now for these problems to be fixed. And I've been told that it's going to take some time, but even at the master's level, that this should be something that changes in the next few years where, where we'll have some kind of a national license. There's, some, there's work being done towards it, definitely. Well, I think that's great because I know that some people, just using me as a small example, have contacted me from other states, and Mm -hmm. I have called their psychology board, and I've been told, well, you could do three sessions or eight sessions, Mm -hmm. but you can't do any more than that, and you have to report to us, and then you have to get licensed in the state. So it's, it's a huge, laborious process. And Absolutely. having eight sessions with a with a patient, for example, who has a lot of trauma, would be mm-hmm. a disservice. Yeah, eight sessions won't probably cover it. So right. I get it. It's confusing because it's confusing to me. Yeah. And do you think it's like the bureaucracy that's standing in the way of distance therapy, or do you think it's something absolutely. else? It's, okay. No, that is absolutely what it is. Because, like I said. What they're quibbling about is supervision hours and things like that, at least at the master's level. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there's a new proposal. I, I actually got plugged into this like this week, and I'm like in direct contact with people that are trying to make, make some changes to this. And um, so there is a new proposal that they're trying to get these states to adopt and stuff like that. And I guess, you know, once... Once most of them do adopt it, it will change. But right now, the differences are so minimal. It's, oh, we wanted you to have this many of direct supervised hours, meaning someone's in the room and you didn't have that specifically, things like that, you know. Um, I see. And that's so, the difference between I'm I'm licensed here and I'm not licensed there, and it's it's really, you know, kind of silly at this point. It really is, because once you've had supervision and once you've passed whatever tests you have to pass, then there's no more training unless you want to do it yourself. I know for a psychology license, there is a federal test that we, the tell, by the way, listeners, (laughs) that we all have to pass, and then we have to pass the state one. Yeah, and that's what it is here, too. There's a national test that we all have to pass, and we all have to... um, say that we had so that's the really the main there's three things the masters then the test and then you have to prove that you had so many hours under supervision like right. the, 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 what they're quibbling about is what specific type of supervision you had between yeah for states. us that's called a residency an internship and right. a residency but right. after that after you do that then you're licensed you've done all of that and so yep. I I get what you're saying that it just seems nonsensical that that yeah. doing cross state would be a problem. That we right. can't solve that today. So I'm wondering no. how does technology help you in your practice? Well, 
Um, I like to say that technology has moved with me at the right speed. And um, it, it's helped me in my life more than my practice uh, even. Um, I mean, the distance therapy is just something kind of bringing it together because I, it, it involves technology and therapy. But, see, when I was real little, um, I was carrying around giant large print books and things like that, you know, like in grade school. But as I progressed, that became books on tape, and then eventually, you know, when I was in college, it was books on CD, and then by the time I was in grad school, it was like, oh, you punch in a a number on the CD, and it goes directly to the page that you want to read and things like that. And um, as well as, like, making journal articles, electronic and uh, computer software that can read it to me and things like that, so... Um, I was just so lucky that, like I say, it kind of progressed as I needed it. I mean, those things weren't all available to me when I was in high school and, you know, that kind of thing. But as it got more advanced and as I needed it to be more advanced, it it became that way. Well, I'm so happy for you that the timing was so helpful to you. Right. so many, uh, uh, in addition to this uh, technology that's helped you, you have so many clinical treatment techniques that you use when you're treating your clients, and I want to investigate a few of those because some of them are new, and I want our listeners to know about them. So one of your specialties is called ACT. What does ACT Mm -hmm. stand for? Well, that's acceptance and commitment therapy, and um, that was something that really helped me in school, when I was talking about, uh, you know, psychology kind of helping me as I learned it, that was something that kind of uh, helped me. It was just kind of accepting uh, the things that you have to accept, you know. It, it's very much, um, you know, like the uh, serenity prayer and addiction, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of accepting what you need to accept and then, uh, you know, the things you you can change that are within your control uh, to try to focus on those. And like I was saying before, I kind of combine that with the solutions focus and kind of identifying those those problems. For me, w- with the brain injury, it was kind of well, this is the this is what I have to accept right now. What what can I do with this? You know, and um, it was what skills do I still have that I want to emphasize? And when we were talking about listening before, you know, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. What I was trying to say was, you know, it my, that sense of mine, it isn't amplified. It's just that I discount my vision so much that it, that it, uh, it's like it's filtered out. So I, I have more attention on my auditory. So I feel like I focus so much more in on that. Yes, and I can uh, intellectually understand that. I've never had that experience, but uh, I'd say you have really worked around whatever your challenges have been. What are your goals for the next few years? Well, um, I um, right now I'm working on, uh, I really would love to go back to Illinois I really miss it there and uh, the Chicagoland area, and I would really love to uh, work in a private practice and continue helping people there. Um, 
And I also just would love to, you know, it's kind of funny because up until a few weeks ago, I've been doing some research on this whole national license thing. And it was almost discouraging because I I was out of the loop. And I, I, I realized, like, oh, they don't need me. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to take some time, but they don't need me. Um, and so I want to do anything I can to kind of... Uh, promote that and, and make it happen because I really believe that that's, uh, you know, something that would benefit a lot of people like we were talking about. It's so limited right now, and I really think it's something that can help a lot of people. Um, and honestly, and, Toby, but, after talking to you, I think they do need you. <laughs> thank you. Now, really what I want to do, I want to connect with people, and I want to connect with people that can get my my message out there um, and and just like I say, inspire people. I think I'm a, a good example of what you can do with your life. This is what I really wanted to do, and it took. And from the from the time of my brain injury to the time I got fully licensed, it was twelve and a half years. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of a lot of commitment, <laughs> um, and and so, but I believe that if you really want to do it like I did that you can you know I mean I was fully committed to it this was my this was my sole goal um, and it was to to try and help others so that's that's really what I want to do I want to connect with wow. people that can help me further this, I wish you, this message I wish you would write a book about this Toby uh, being an author myself I'm going to say I wish you would now I you're we're coming up on the close of our program but I believe you're a counselor sure. New Life Counseling in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. And tell us a yep. little bit quickly about your practice. Well, it's it's really small right now, um, but it's really um, I'm looking to work with people uh, pretty much like we were, we were talking about here. Um, it's it's I'm very new there, so I'm looking for new clients, and mm-hmm. um, that was why. Um, Hopefully here at the close here I can give out my information for people to get in touch with me. And uh, That's the next uh, question. How can people reach great. you? Great. And, and so the best way to reach we're me... coming up on our close. Sh- sure. The best way to reach me actually right now would be through email, and I guess I'll, I'll give that out here, which yeah. would be toby.lpcc at gmail.com. That would be would the best way that? to reach me. Repeat that again. Sure. T-O-B-Y dot L-P-C-C at gmail dot com. Well, Mr. Toby, Franz, thank you so much for being such an interesting, inspiring guest this morning. And listeners, there are all different types of help for you out there. Reach out. Try something new as a way to solve issues that you deem to be unsolvable. Whatever you're struggling with reach out. And until next week, remember, only you can make your life the way you want it to be. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.